Nothing But The Words, episode number 52, Story Mistakes You Should Never Make. Welcome to Nothing But The Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis. How is your writing coming? Are you on track to finish your book this year? This is still the beginning, still the first quarter of 2021, or by whatever deadline you've set for yourself. Are you committed to getting it done? If you need help getting started or just getting back into the writing flow, I have a free resource for you at CandiceLDavis.com slash jumpstart. This free guide will help you save time writing your book, really get focused on the results your book will create and decide what kind of book you should be writing. So grab your copy at CandiceLDavis.com slash jumpstart. Now today I want to share with you three storytelling mistakes that I've been seeing (laughs) a lot recently, especially when authors are telling their own story. It could be in a memoir or it could simply be in telling the author's story in any kind of nonfiction book or even from the stage. These are the kinds of mistakes I don't generally see in traditionally published books because remember, those authors have all kinds of editors working beside them and making sure that they don't make these mistakes. But here's the thing. Self-publishing should never mean less than. I coach my authors who choose to self-publish to hold themselves to the same standards traditionally published authors have to meet. Now, maybe you're not a professional writer, but with coaching and editing, you can write at the same level as a professional traditionally published writer. Maybe you're not on track to win a Nobel Prize in literature. Neither am I, by the way. But with the right support, you can write a world-class book. You can write and publish a book that can stand next to the vast majority of books in the bookstore and measure up or surpass them. I promise you that you can. But that means that you also have to be focused on your storytelling skills. It's just a major part of writing a book. Once you're aware of these storytelling mistakes, you'll be able to recognize them and avoid making them. So it's really not that difficult. Just notice it and fix it. Some of the authors I work with are incredibly experienced. They've studied literature and writing for decades. They've been published in prestigious magazines and journals, and they know how to tell great stories. But I also coach authors who are new to this craft. They haven't spent a lifetime studying writing. Some of them don't even really consider themselves to be writers. Among those newbie writers, I see some common mistakes in storytelling, and we're going to cover three of those right now. I keep laughing because they probably don't seem like mistakes to the author. They probably seem like they're being transparent or raw or, you know, very forthcoming about their story. But as you'll see, there is a line, a fine line to that. So let's dive into three story mistakes you should never make and how to avoid them or fix them in your book. When you tell your story, the story of your life or the story of why you do what you do or any story about you, what do you focus on? Is your story a litany of all the bad things that have happened to you? Now, readers and audiences definitely like drama. So I'm not saying you need to steer away from drama in any way, shape or form. And they are generally attracted to a story of overcoming, but that shouldn't be your whole story. It shouldn't be the only story you tell. Nobody's life is filled with nonstop obstacles. 
When you tell your story, don't focus exclusively on the dark times. Share some of the lighter, humorous, and even fun moments. Tell your readers about the highs along with the lows. Share your greatest moments and the insights you gleaned from them. We can learn from the good times as well. Weave in those small positive moments that left a lasting impression or taught you something that you've never forgotten. When my older daughter was three years old and still my only child, our days were busy and I was often focused on checking the next task off my to-do list. I was finishing college, I was working full-time at a bank, and I was having to get her back and forth to preschool with the help of her father every day. One summer evening, after a long day of preschool for her and work and classes for me, we came home to our student apartment and found the sprinklers going in our small patch of grass outside the door. Almost without thinking, I dropped my briefcase, yes, I carried a briefcase, on the sidewalk, and still wearing my suit, I ran through the sprinklers. Now, my daughter stood back and watched for a minute because this was not quite normal behavior, but then she ran into the sprinklers with me, and within just a few minutes, we were soaked to the bone and we were laughing hysterically. She was delighted, and after what had seemed like a long day, I was re-energized. Now, I was only 22 years old then. But since then, I've made it a point to never be too busy to have fun. So that's the kind of story I'm talking about, a small positive moment. It does not have to be the highest of highs, though it might be. The second common mistake I see newbie authors make is comparing their pain with other people's pain. Pain and suffering and oppression and adversity do not need to be measured by comparison. Really not ever. For one thing, you can't possibly know what someone else's hardship was like. You haven't lived their experience, so you cannot speak to it. Yes, you may have found your situation particularly difficult to get through or a decision really tough to make, and you might imagine it would have been easier if it had gone another way. So for example, someone who gets divorced might imagine it would have been easier if their spouse had perished. Someone whose spouse perishes may imagine that it's easier to get divorced. There's no need to draw those kinds of comparisons. You add nothing to your story when you say people who suffered a different difficulty had it easier than you. In fact, you may make your readers question you as a reliable narrator. Some readers will think, well, maybe she has a tendency to exaggerate or maybe she has a lack of compassion for other people. As an author... Your job is to describe the situation well enough that your readers can put themselves in your place. Then trust your readers to draw their own conclusions about how painful, challenging, or difficult it was. Just like you can trust your readers to find your joy when you share your mountaintop moments, you can trust them to understand the pain. Even if they haven't gone through the exact same thing, tell them the story, bring them into your world, and allow them to draw that that conclusion. Lastly, I see a lot of newbie authors who start nearly every sentence with I or end nearly every sentence with me. Of course, you're telling your story from your perspective, so you can expect some I and some me. It's absolutely necessary. We don't want to hear about things just happening to you. We also want to hear how you were a person of agency in your own life, the decisions you made, the action you took. But what else is going on around you? Who else is involved? Who is acting or reacting in your world? Who is suffering from or enjoying the consequences of your choices? 
what's going on in the larger world around you. So for example, if you're telling a story in your book about losing your house, don't just tell us one day I woke up and there was a foreclosure notice on the front door. Your story might start there, but give us more. Tell us it was the Great Recession and you were one of 10 million homeowners who lost their homes. Tell us how your son packed his room with his back straight and a promise that everything would be okay or with his head hung low and tears in his eyes. Put us in the moment by stepping away from I and me every now and again. Describe what was going on in the world around you as a means of setting the stage, showing cause and effect, or creating contrast between the state of your life and the state of the nation or the state of your community or the state of even your close friend. Look beyond I and me and give us a sense of the world in which you were operating. Now, if you have made some of these mistakes in your writing, if you have focused only on the dark moments, if you have compared your pain to other people, if you have written almost exclusively about I and me, welcome to the world. (laughs) Writing badly is just part of the process of learning to write well. Tell your readers about some of your highs as well as your lows. Share your troubles and difficulties and trust your readers to draw their own conclusions about where it all falls on the scale of pain, if they even think that way. And remember to take the focus off I and me every once in a while. Your readers will thank you for all of it. That's all for this episode. If you are ready, I mentioned this at the beginning, to dive into writing your book, grab my free guide to jumpstart your book at candiceldavis.com slash jumpstart. Thanks for listening to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candice L. Davis, and I'll see you next time.